1: I don't think I would say confidence, uh, Steve. I would say our uh, work ethic, okay. our compete level isn't there, and uh, you know uh, we're no better and no worse than any other team. When we don't compete, we become a very ordinary team, and that's what we are right now. So uh, I thought we had a really period, and uh, we dug ourselves a hole. And after that, when we tried to pick up our game a little bit, and and at the end, you get those kind of calls. There was a. Uh, Pretty disappointing, but, you know, no doubt we'll you know, we'll take the blame for the losses, but we certainly didn't get any help tonight. All right, that's Claude talking about last night's game and another uh, poor first period by the Bruins, which brings us to Jack Edwards, sponsored by Newton Wellesley Orthopedic Associates, whatever your sports injury, NWOA. Get you back in the game. Visit NWOA.com today. NWOA expert care made easy. What's up, Jack?
2: Well, they might be treating a lot of people for jumping off the bandwagon if this continues, but uh, at 5 o'clock here in New Jersey, the Bruins are going to have a little video session. Wow. Now, the, uh, the response to that in the past has been pretty good because Claude Julien is very good at isolating exactly what he doesn't like, showing the team, and, uh, and when he does this in front of everybody – uh, it's not so much calling out players, but he's just saying, look, this is the part of everybody's game that's missing. And I'm sure there will be plenty of examples across the depth and breadth of the roster. And uh, they have to get it together because New Jersey had a pretty good outing last night, uh, had a pretty easy game of it. So uh, we're in that part of the season where if you don't bring your A game, you can expect to lose.
1: Jack, i got to tell you, uh, I thought Claude called out Horton, in the, and I'll read the quote, Hortz has got to pick up his game, no ifs or buts about it. A guy his size has got to get more physically involved. He's got to compete a lot harder. He's skating hard. You see him on the back check. He skates hard, but we need more from him. And apparently he responded last night.
2: Well, he responded in the attacking zone for sure with two goals, which is what you want to see. However, it's pretty hard to have two goals on your docket and still be minus two in the game. And that's unfortunately for Nathan Horton, what he was last night. Uh, He and his line mates, David Krejci and Milan Lucic, uh, got the job done offensively, but they also allowed the job to be done against them defensively. And uh, as you know, Glenn, with Claude Julien, almost all offense begins with defense. So the two goals kind of get forgotten. The uh, three goals or four goals allowed, you know, one of them was the empty netter, but uh, four goals in the run of play that uh, that line allowed.
0: I hear what Claude is saying, and, and I agree with everything he's saying here. But w- with that said, isn't this almost to be expected here, Jack? We were talking to you a couple of weeks ago and breaking down what the Bruins' record was over a 30-game stretch or, or 28-game stretch. It was ridiculous. I mean, isn't this almost to be expected, some type of law uh, before they, they, they take it back up again?
2: Except, uh, expected yes, accepted no. And that's uh, that's really the crux of it right here. Uh, it's extraordinarily hard to, uh, to stay even two-thirds as hot as the Bruins were over that stretch uh, throughout a half or two-thirds of a season. And expecting them to do that probably was unrealistic. Uh, right now what Claude Julien is trying to do is to stop the ship from going out to sea with the tide and turn around and bring it on back. And that's, uh, that's why he's getting specific with video Uh, in just about 35 minutes here in New Jersey. They've lost three out of six. That makes them dead even, mediocre, three and three. And in the middle of the season, you expect teams to go through stretches like these. The question is, can they get better coming out of it? Certainly, uh, they're going to have Brad Marchand back after the end of his suspension. They expect to have Rich Peverly back, who's uh, been in Boston on a personal matter. Uh, That will help them, but really, it's the quality of play up and down the lineup, not just the missing guys uh, that, that has this uh, coaching staff a little bit concerned right now.
1: Well, you know, and the other thing, too, and you've done this long enough, you go on that Florida trip, and they didn't play well in the shootout the other night, and then obviously didn't play well last night. You go on that Florida trip, and you know how guys are, especially when it's in the middle of the season, and you've had some success. If they play like this on Saturday against the Rangers, wouldn't that concern you a little bit more, Jack?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and in fact, um Possibly uh, one excuse that might be thrown out there, and I don't know if it has any validity or not, is that 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 game is hanging over their their, uh, calendar. It's really making a shadow on it. And uh, the Bruins know they're playing the Rangers on Saturday, and they've got this road trip with a lot of games in very few days leading up to it, and maybe they're holding something in reserve. They certainly shouldn't be, but uh, that game at 1 o'clock on Saturday uh, shapes up to be a, a really tremendous hockey game if both teams can be uh, firing on all cylinders. And uh, the Bruins are going to need to be, because if they if they play giveaway hockey, if they are generous with the puck, disorganized in their own end, the Rangers, it's a classic John Tortorella team. Uh, you know, when is with a club for two or three years, uh, he gets them to play so nasty, and cleanly, by the way, but just so nasty, all up and down the ice. you got to fight for every inch of ice, and that's the way it is against the Rangers right now. And, oh, by the way, if you finally get it 190 feet, you get to shoot against Henrik Lundqvist, who arguably is one of the top two or three goalies in the game.
1: Classic Tortorella. Yeah. Did you see it? Uh, Dolan decides that he's huh. going to come out of the uh, closet and talk huh. and brings up the possibility of playing and winning the Stanley Cup this year. And Tortorella just blew a, 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 a not trying to, trying to play down what his owners said.
2: Pretty and funny. that's why you love John Tortorella, oh, yeah. because he, he doesn't mind barking back up the tree. He's going to give you his true and honest opinion. And, uh, you know, what a what a note of, of fresh air, what a breath of fresh air that is in New York, because, you know, I you know how I feel about New York. It's the, Just about everything in the city except the museums is about 20% overrated. So.
1: I think it's funny, right? <laughs> re- re- uh, maybe Rex, more. Rex Ryan is out there talking about Super Bowls, and Tortorella is trying to talk his owner away from bringing up Stanley Cups.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Tortorella, Tortorella actually has been there and done that while uh, Dolan sort of watched a miracle unfold for him uh, back almost 20 years ago now. So, uh, you know, Tortorella knows what it takes, and he knows how far away the Rangers are from it. But he also knows that carefully he has put a lot of the pieces in place, and now they got Mark Stahl back. This is a team that is uh, – they're poised. they They do have a lot of pieces in place with half a season to go and then they have to get through four rounds of the Stanley cup playoffs. So no promises, but, uh, Torrella knows how to play it.
0: Hey, Jack, I'm surprised. You mean to tell me seeing the show on Broadway is overrated to you?
2: Uh, uh well, unless you're ready to pay a thousand bucks to bring <laughs> yourself and your wife and you know, probably, you know, what, another 50 to park the car. Uh, what do you end up spending on dinner? I mean, yeah,
1: fifty, it's, it's fifty. What are you parking it for an hour? Don't park it.
0: You're not taking the car. You got to take the subway <laughs> or a cab or something. Yeah, That's the funny thing. Right, you stay exactly. in a hotel.
1: You stay in a hotel in New York, and oh if you, if you, if if it's you drive, overpriced. if you drive down, it's like a hundred bucks a night to park it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Forget about yeah, driving it's, down.
2: It's just it's ridiculous. It's silly. Too many people in too small a place, and you know the city that wrote the wrote the book on rudeness. So, what do you want?
0: But you sound like you're a, you're a huge fan, though. <laughs> you know, we haven't had a chance to talk to you about uh, Brad Marchand. Uh, not only the hit, but the suspension. I think he had laryngitis last week. That's what it was. So uh, <laughs> what what did you think about the, the whole sequence, the hit, and, and what the league responded, uh, the league's response uh, to the hit?
2: I understood it, and uh, Marchand is a player who's on the edge. That's a dangerous hit. That can end a guy's career, uh, not so much for the, the flip and um, – I'm I'm still not sure that Sal landed on his head. I think he landed on his shoulder, but whatever. An injury resulted from it. Um, And Marshawn's got to take that out of his game. Brendan Shanahan made that very clear. Also, Shanahan's tone of voice also sent a message because he seemed to be a little bit more peaked than usual in his video release about the Marshawn suspension. What's going to be very interesting is how the league reacts to the hit that Nick Felino put on Dion Phaneuf last night in the uh, Ottawa-Toronto game because it wasn't identical, but it was a submarine hit. It was on Phaneuf's legs, and it did flip Phaneuf. Phaneuf did not get injured, but some people around the NHL are saying, well, the problem that Shanahan is developing for himself right now is he's punishing the man instead of the incident. So we're going to find out exactly where it falls there, and what the justification is for suspending Felino or not suspending him, or finding him, or not finding him. Um, that's going to be interesting development in the next few days.
1: Jack, what has happened to Tampa Bay? You see them last year in the playoffs, and you sit there and say, "Man, that's a team that's going to challenge the Bruins for the next few years." I know their goaltending has been awful; they're giving up an awful lot of goals. But this talent on that team—you watch them last night—you sit there and say, "How the hell could they lose seven in a row?"
2: Well, we've been spoiled in Boston because uh, of Bobby Orr and then Ray Bork, and then, although he's, he's great to a lesser extent, Zdeno Chara, who's still a dominant shutdown defenseman. Uh, and the uh, management of the teams that those players have been on has generally uh, stocked a lot of other good defensemen in there. And if you look at what happened to uh, Tampa Bay in the off-season, They allowed themselves to get thin at D. They depended on Matthias Olin to play big minutes, and he hasn't played a single minute because of lingering injuries, and he's just getting brittle as he gets older. Uh, Dwayne Rolison got on the slippery slope, lost some confidence early, possibly because their D was so thin at the beginning of the year, and Rolison has just gone off the cliff. I mean, he's just been terrible of late. It's not to say that he's done, but he's just having a horrible season. And the bottom fell out. And uh, they, also, they also lost a couple of guys in Simone Gagne, who has terrific talent, and Sean Bergenheim, uh, who just has tremendous grit and had a sensational playoff run um, that really hurt them up front. They didn't have that kind of compete factor up front that you really need uh, to, to pull out games that maybe you shouldn't be able to win. And uh, I- I'm stunned. I picked Tampa Bay to have a really good run this year. I think Guy Boucher is an excellent coach. And, uh, you know, so far I'm just dead wrong because they are, they are not going to make the playoffs and they're probably going to be a seller.
0: And, hey Jack, here's my final question for you. I've always been a, a huge fan of Sports Illustrated for many reasons. And one of them is, is silly. They always have that overrated poll of players and coaches and scouts. And so I saw uh, recently most overrated players in the NHL. No Bruin made the list, by the way, from the players in the league. A couple of names didn't surprise me. Ovechkin was on the list, not surprising. Lecavier was on the list, eh, mildly surprising. Uh, Dion Phaneuf was on the list. Uh, What's up with that? I mean, Are are you surprised by any of those names, especially Phaneuf?
2: Um, I tend to agree with Brian Burke's view of it, which uh, was for him to say, and, and these are pretty close to his exact words, uh, anybody who took part in that poll can go defecate in his own chapeau. <laughs> because because taking, taking an anonymous negative poll is the safest thing to do. It's, it's like uh, people who go on blogs without using their real names and, and rip people and, and make personal attacks. To say that somebody's overrated is probably uh, about the deepest insult that you can make, because it's such a vague thing, and it basically says that you aren't maxing out your potential. Um, I... I don't have a lot of respect for for the institutions that conduct such polls and provide anonymity to the players. If the players want to volunteer their identities as people who took part in the polls and then say, okay, I'm calling out this guy because I had an easy night against him when I was expecting a hard night, I'd respect him a lot more for that.
1: So you're going on the record saying New York City is overrated. I am. (laughs) am. It it hasn't lived up to its potential.
2: That's not new, and I'll defend that for a long time. But you see, the problem in the media is that, especially in the national media, you dare not say that because that's 8% of the American media market. And if you dare say that the emperor has no clothes, that New York is crowded, way too expensive, you get taxed on it. And by the end of this decade, they'll be taxing breathing in New York, I'm sure. And, and, and all that's wrong with that city and insulting about that city, then you're a bad guy because you've insulted 8% of the American media market. Well, you know... I've pretty much burned my bridges for being on national television anymore, so I have nothing to lose. <laughs> I've been granted my liberty.
1: I, I'll uh, tell you what, these Ranger games, these telecasts, oh, they're going to be pretty good. They're going to be pretty yeah. good. All right, yeah, Jack. It'll be fun. We'll talk to you next
0: week. All right, Jack. Hey, Brooklyn Bridge, not, not a fan of yeah. that either. I don't know.
2: At least part of it's in Brooklyn. <laughs> See you. Bye. All right, Jack. Uh, Jack Edwards right here on The
1: Big Show. We get right back to your phone calls at 617-779-0850, 888-525-0850. Talking about the AFC Championship game coming up on Sunday. Rob Lowe, new sports reporter, breaking stories out there. And the Celtics, are they about or close to dealing Paul Pierce?